Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Lux mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. From the team behind American History Tellers comes a new book, The Hidden History of the White House. Each chapter will bring you inside the fierce power struggles, intimate moments, and shocking scandals that shaped our nation. From the War of 1812 to Watergate. Available for pre-order now, wherever you get your books. What was even crazier, this is so stupid, but it was it is the truth, is on the show around the third season when they're applying for college was, you know, my senior year when I was applying for college. And on the show throughout, the fans will know that Seth wants to go to Brown. That's his, like, dream school. So I applied early to Brown. (laughs) Hey, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Fanatics Podcast. I'm your co-host, Claire Kramer, along with my co-host, David Magadoff. Hi, David. Hi, Claire Kramer. How are you doing? Not as good as you. And unfortunately, people can't see it, but you have pigtails today. I, you know what? My daughter did my hair. She's gotten to that age where she is watching YouTube videos about doing nails and hairstyles. And so I, I'm allowing her to style my hair at times. So thank I you. I like them. Do you, feel, <laughs> do you feel more fun when you have pigtails? Is that something that girls feel? I've never known. I mean, known. I kind of do. You know, as I've gotten older, the more I wear my hair in a bun or a ponytail for long days, I kind of like get a headache because I'm, I don't know why, you know? So this is a very neutral, friendly, headache, friendly, free hairstyle. Headache, friendly (laughs) pigtails. I can't wait when we have somebody on who pigtails are going to be their thing because it's going to happen. I'm going to wear them then. (laughs) Oh, and I'll, I'll just sort of, you know, I don't know. Maybe there'll be like a, a, a zoom filter that I could put on that has pigtails. But today it's, from currently TBS's Miracle Workers from in the past, Deadpool and Deadpool 2 and Office Christmas Party and about 100 other and things. the new Trolls movie. Yes, of course. Trolls, Can't leave that one out. Trolls World Tour. It's Car and Sony. He is so awesome. He's a wonderful person and he really, really likes the OC. Yeah, I mean, really likes it. And I really, really like him in Deadpool because that is where we discovered Car and Sony. He's so good in Deadpool. I still remember him from these AT&T commercials, if you guys remember. It was like him and some white dude with a beard, and they were like in like a bazillion commercials, and that was like, that guy's funny. You mean funny. Santa? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. White guy, white beard. It all beard. comes back to your elf show, doesn't it? I mean, Always. You know? <laughs> Top elf, everybody. Find it on Nick Streaming, wherever you can. Uh, but he was just... Who would have thought that this thin, gawky... 
uh, guy from uh, Southeast Asia <laughs> would be the one who steals this uh, giant Deadpool. M- mutant movie. Yeah, and he was great in it, and it was a joy, and it was so great to see him back in Deadpool 2, and it's just so great to see his career just take off. And speaking of taking off, let's start listening to his podcast conversation about the OC. Woohoo! Karin Sony, hello. Welcome. Thanks for being here with us today. Hi, how are you? Oh, delightful. And so is Ben McKenzie your spirit animal? He is. I've met him twice, not to brag. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, once I knew in a it. urinal. <laughs> <laughs> that, well, let's hear about that to start us off. Come on. <laughs> well, you got to hear the whole story, which is that I first met him at USC, where I went to college, which is a school I applied to after watching the OC and realizing that California was a place that existed. I grew up in India, so... I was just mesmerized by the OC. And so I applied to USC, showed up there. I was in a film class or TV class. And at the time he was on the show called Southland. Uh And um, this was a really crazy, very cool class where they would screen an episode of a show that hadn't aired. And then they would bring the cast and creators to talk about it. And you could just ask them all kinds of questions. And so we knew a week in advance who was coming. And so his show hadn't come out yet. I had no interest in that show. I just knew that he was going to be there. So I got to the class early. I sat in the front and I just stared at him the whole time. And I had this thing called <laughs> The hyper. back of his I, head, right? No, no. He was uh, up front in the class. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, because they do like okay. a panel, basically. Got so it. So you watch an episode, you hear like, if it's like one hour drama, they'll like break down a one hour drama. And then they'll be like, here's the cast and the creator. And then they just sit in front of you in front of the classroom. It's like the perks of going to school in LA, right? Yes, exactly. So (laughs) crazy. And so he was there and I was like front and center, just staring at his face. And then I have this thing called hyperhidrosis, which is my palms get very sweaty when I'm nervous or anxious. All the sweat is like there. And so I was just like wiping my hands on my jeans, just being like, this is crazy. It's never been this sweaty. And then by the time that he spoke for like, he was there for about an hour and then After this time, I was like, okay, you know what? I feel like I got my fill and I don't need to go up to him because a lot of people afterwards go up and, you know, say stuff. And I was like, you know what? I'm better than that. I don't need to do that. So I left or I started to leave the classroom. And this was a big class. It was like 200 people could sign up for it. It was once a week. A bunch of, you know, sorority girls were going up to him. I'm sure he was very happy about that. And then I decided as I was about to leave the class that, no, I did actually want to shake his hand and tell him that the OC changed my life. And by that, at that time, at 19 years old, I meant that I came to USC because of the show. So I turned around and I just was very determined to then shake his hand. And he was talking to some very beautiful girl, I'm sure. I just saw the back of her head. And I physically moved to her side and I shook his hand with my wet sweaty hyperhidrosis palms and I just remember him wincing because my hand was probably so disgusting and then I said the OC changed my life and it was so clear now when I think about it like how he just wanted to move away from that show and he was on this gritty like cop drama that was like very highly acclaimed that no one was watching and he just really wanted to promote that show and he probably didn't want to talk about the OC and then he was like, oh, okay. And then, then I kept shaking his hand and I was like, no, you don't understand. 
it changed my life. <laughs> it was like, okay. And then I said, I'm here at this school because of that. And he's like, oh, how's that going? I'm like, it's going good. And then that was it. And then I left, but I did have the wherewithal afterwards to be like, that did not go well. And then many years later, I met him at a movie premiere of a movie that I was in, which was so crazy. But right before the movie started, we were at the urinal and, and he uh, just was like, hi, congratulations. And I was like, this is insane. But anyway, I didn't say anything <laughs> about the college stuff. But by then I was like, I'm over it now. I'm fine. I'm good. Uh, but that's actually not true, right? Because you were probably just as equally as excited to see no, him the second time. No, well, my time. big one was Adam Brody <laughs> from that show because at the time that that show was coming out, I was a freshman sophomore in high school and um when we got the first season on dvd it didn't air on tv there and the dvd box would be like passed on amongst like students as like you gotta watch it um because it was the only way to watch it and so people would sort of watch it in my class and and then at some point i didn't fit into any group and then someone was like you're like the indian seth cohen <laughs> because i don't know why i have curly hair i don't know and then I was just like, wow, yeah, that's great because he's like really cool on the show and everyone loves him. And then I was like, yeah, I am. And so <laughs> then like I just was always like a huge Adam Brody fan. I've never met him still. But I think that one I would get very nervous about. But the rest of them, I'm, I'm sort of over it now. Okay, so wait. So let me let me rewind to back in India when you're in high school and tell me if I have this correct. So mm -hmm. the the box set was passed around in yes. India, the OC box set. In my school, what, yeah. What made it so popular to not only the general, you know, population <laughs> of your school, but to you? Like, what was it about this yeah. American, very American, like, scripted drama? It wasn't organic, you know? What did yeah. you love about it? What did you guys connect with? Well, I think the first thing was I didn't really have a choice. I had to watch it because I'll just backtrack a little bit. So I was not popular my freshman year. And then I was bullied by these kids who watched the OC, that group of kids. They were like the cool kids. And then I ended up becoming popular <laughs> by doing a play with one of their girlfriends. And then they were like, oh, you're funny. We like you now. And so then overnight they were like, what do you watch? Like, what shows do you watch? And all that stuff. And I was like, friends. <laughs> they <laughs> said, you got to watch this. And I never heard of it. And it was a very raggedy box set by this point because the second season was airing. And anyways, so they handed me this thing. And the I, I think the in for a lot of people was the music because they would play those. I remember we used to like go on drives and play the songs from the show. And then... I don't know how much of it for everyone else was just the music, but I just got really wrapped up in the drama. And I was like, this is amazing. And then I loved the world of it because it just felt like so different from my high school and from what any were, high like, school, I guess, because no world, no high school is like that. But Yeah, um, what were the differences and how did the how did your high school in India sort of adapt or or have a metamorphosis into sort of a more Laguna Hills OC? Yeah, well, you definitely looked because... around and you're like, we're not in the OC, uh, but uh... <laughs> what was it? What like when we like what, give us a give us a bit of a picture of what it was like school. growing up where in India you grew yeah. up. So I grew up in Delhi, and at this high school was a very crazy school. So it was the British Embassy School. So Delhi is the capital, so all the embassies are there. So I was originally in an Indian Indian school, like uh, not an international school. And those are like 80 kids in one classroom, no air conditioning, 110 degrees in the summer. And there's like one fan in the classroom. It's very crazy. And it's like a lot of students. And and then 
I used to be pretty overweight. And so my parents sent me to a boarding school to lose weight, which was this school called Pathways, where they made you work out for four hours a day. Oh my God, just your- the name, Pathways. You're <laughs> it's like, like, it's like rehab. one of those posters. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we worked Cara out- and I have Anyways. so much respect for you already. <laughs> yeah. So I went to this boarding school to lose weight and study, but that boarding school was an international school. So we did the IB program, which I think is now more popular in America, but at the time was really just internationally. And it just helps you get into colleges in the UK or the US. And I dropped out of Pathways after six weeks because I had a mental breakdown from the uh, four hours of working out. And um, it was also they limited how much food you could eat at the time. And so (laughs) I just lost all this weight. And then I was very homesick. And so my mother pulled me out of the school because she was like, it's fine. And it was six weeks into the school year. And the only school that would take me was the British Embassy School. Now, the British Embassy School is like a very crazy school because across the street from it is the American Embassy School, which is one of the best schools in Asia. Uh, There's a lot of money being pumped into the school, and they basically take every international like embassy kid into that school and then the ones that and they take no indian born people into that school and then any of the embassy kids that are kicked out because they were like drug addicts or their english wasn't good they go go across the the street yes (laughs) and so our school was 30 percent the burnouts or like you know like the bad kids from that school and then 70 percent indian born kids who were like in this school and so it was a very like random mix of people but the general vibe in the school was everyone was obsessed with american culture and so i think that show really like sort of took off for us because we were just like how closely can we recreate this Um, but i think for me it was like really crazy because i had just gone into this popular group and i was so insecure that any day they would decide that i was no longer welcome so I was like waiting to latch on to something. So when they were like, you're like the Indian Seth Cohen, I was like, yes, <laughs> let's like yes. lean into this. And then how soon after you were coined, you know, the Indian Seth, did you decide like, I'm actually going to do this and go to go to California and pursue my own OC or, you know, L.A. dream? Yeah, well, I um, <laughs> I applied to uh, 12 schools and USC was the best one I got into. I applied uh, very heavily to the East Coast <laughs> as well. But uh USC just ended up being the one that just was the best in terms of the money and all that situation. And I remember being very disappointed that I got into USC because I had also applied to UC Irvine, which on Google Maps was next Ah. to... (laughs) No, because it's closer to where the OC is. Yeah, and I was like, wow, this is... uh, There's also like like a mall. I need to go there. There's like a mall on the OC called South Coast Plaza, which they like reference a lot. And I was like, oh, there's the South Coast Plaza, like all this stuff. And I'd never been to California. And I was like, I really want to go to UC Irvine. But their international acceptance rate is very low because it's a state school. So it's actually you have to be a genius to be one of the international students who gets in. And but USC is like very diverse, like international school with like all sorts of like people, which is way better fit for me. And at the time, I remember being like very disappointed that I was going to USC and then I was so stupid. Someone was like, you know, Josh Schwartz like went to USC and the, and the show was like based on his life at USC. And I was like, oh, and then, <laughs> then they were like, it was shot in like Redondo Beach. And I was like, oh, uh, but I do remember distinctly convincing someone from my uh, freshman class to drive me to South Coast Plaza. <laughs> you were walking in the footsteps of Josh it Schwartz. Was 
so so and by the way fyi i also i don't i didn't know this until until this chat we i know we know each other but i also went to usc different you did? time what i did year did so, you graduate uh, a different year than you. Uh, and <laughs> How was your experience? Face. What was your major? What did you do? I went in undecided, but I ended up with a theater and creative writing degree. But I also didn't want to go to USC. Really? I got in just like you. And I was like, I'm from Jersey, which is the India of the East Coast. Yes. <laughs> and when I got in, it was very difficult, likewise, to get into a UC school out of state, out of country. And so I also got into USC and was like, well, I really wanted to go to UCLA, not UC Irvine. I knew yeah. I knew better that UC Irvine was still UC Irvine. But anyway, I did end yeah. up loving it and, you know, had a great, That's wonderful good. experience. But yes, Josh Schwartz did yes. did set the set his footsteps in, in front of us. Well, what was even crazier, this is so stupid, but it was it is the truth, is on the show around the third season when they're applying for college was, you know, my senior year when I was applying for college. And on the show throughout, the fans will know that Seth wants to go to Brown. That's his like dream school. So I applied early to Brown. <laughs> <laughs> so you, I mean, you, did you identify with Seth as strongly, more strongly, I guess, than any other character on the show? And yes, more of the character in pop culture. I just was like, this I know is a cool thing. And I feel like this character is me. So I'm and, just. And what about his storyline? Like what exactly he was just funny and everyone loved him. Like he had the best lines. Chris Mika, I mean, wow. I don't know what Hanukkah <laughs> was before I watched the show. And, and then I did some research on that. That's um, right. No, Chris Mika came from the, I, you saying that out loud now made me go, yeah, oh yeah, that was huge, an OCism. They used to have a Chris Mika episode every season. And like there would be the magic of Chris Mika. Like it would be a disaster at the beginning. And then, you know, by the end it would come together in a way none of them could have imagined. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Can you explain for all of us who've not seen the OC and the Christmaka episode, how what was their version of Christmaka? Like, what was their Christmas Hanukkah like? All I remember was that Seth would just be so excited and then everyone else would <laughs> be very negative about it and then he would just stick to the guns and be like nope it's gonna work out <laughs> and he was right every time 
he was. And it was just fun to watch him be that excited because he was pretty cynical. So when he was excited about something, it was very exciting to watch that happen. Um, but yeah. So, okay. So let me, <laughs> let me just ask this. You've done four full season rewatches, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Do you ever jump in and just crave a certain episode and just hop yes. in and watch a certain episode and which ones? That's great. That's very important. That's a great question. So I always thought the dramatic storytelling was really good. And so <laughs> specifically the finale. So there's like some huge plot elements. So Kirsten, who is Seth's mom, has to go to rehab and they have an intervention for her. And that episode and that scene is, I now rewatch it on YouTube more more so, but very moving. Then the season two, season two was like when the end of season two was like one after another. It was like what Game of Thrones would be now. You'd be like, oh my God, it can't get any worse for this family. And then it'll get worse. So Caleb, who is like Seth's mom's father, who's like the richest man in the OC, he has like a heart attack and falls into a pool and you think he's been poisoned. That was a big one. Also end of season two, Marissa shoots Ryan's brother, Ben McKenzie's brother. That's the one. That's there's a peak OC cultural moment because uh, that was the part that was on SNL. They spoofed that. That's a big one. And then I will say my weirdly one of my favorite seasons is four, which is where everyone was like the show has completely lost its mind. But I was into it. It just became like a comedy. There was an earthquake episode. That's a big one where like the big one happens. And (laughs) distinct memories like they show up like all these crazy things have happened and the characters have been like running around from this earthquake. And then they show up in front of their house and it's like completely intact. And then they were just like looking at each other like at least our house is still there and they go inside and it's destroyed. And I just remember being like, wow, it was completely (laughs) destroyed. But it's clearly the inside is a set and they were able to destroy it. But the outside is like a real location and they didn't damage the real house. I did all this research on the house that was in the pilot and how they had to recreate it frame by frame for the show because no one thought the pilot was really going to go. So they were like, yeah, let's just shoot in this mansion in the Palisades. And then they had to like recreate it. And now when I watch it, I'm like, yeah, that's a backdrop Um, because the back (laughs) of the house is an infinity pool and a pool house. And I'm like, that is a backdrop. That's not a real coastline because you watch the pilot and it's so clearly real. And then every episode after that, there's just like a sheen on it where you're like, that's not a real place. Okay, so I I got a question. So I'm a big fan of going back to a series. So I, mm. my two series is that I go back to our cheers and the, and the office and I will watch them it's a almost lot of every episodes. It is. That's why I can really just let it go. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, nine seasons and 11 seasons, I got wow. 20 seasons. And I realize that the episodes that I really don't like are when we're out of the office or we're out of the bar. Mm. I really like being in the bar and I really like the office. I know my like connection with them, I think is because I like to, I can count on these people being in the space. Are there yeah. certain episodes when you watch the OC that you, I know you're mentioning that your favorite storylines, but were, are there just certain characters that you tune out to? Oh yeah. Or certain, oh, like, and certain characters that you just go like, I will, oh, I will forever enjoy it. And why do you think you enjoy it? Do you think it's a comforting thing? And you know, these are my. Yeah. These are really good questions. Okay. So yeah. Deep, deep dives. OC fandom. We don't like Johnny from season mm. three. He was like Marissa's surfer boyfriend. Just 
poor actor. Like, it was just really bad writing. He just was such an annoying character, and he fell off a cliff, if I remember correctly. Thank God. Um, <laughs> he, Bye-bye. He was meant to be, like, in the whole season, but I was, like, the mid-season, like, episode, and I just remember being like, yes, get him out of here. He's very annoying, and he's in a lot of it. The third season. The whole third season was kind of a disaster, because for people that don't know, Misha Barton wanted to leave the show. And because at the time, the rumor was she was being offered Wonder Woman. And her agent was like, oh, they want you to be Wonder Woman and all this stuff. And they were like, you know, you can't because of this show, because it's 10 months a year or whatever, you're filming the show. And so she asked to uh, leave. And then basic, this is what I've, what I've gathered from the internet. And then they were like, absolutely not. Like the show is more popular than ever. And then she apparently started, allegedly started being late to set and being sort of a diva. I remember those. Yes, and then they killed her off at the end of the third season, and a lot of people tuned out in the fourth one. But in season three, you can just sort of tell that she doesn't want to be there. (laughs) (laughs) It's just this tension that I don't like as a fan. I don't like this tension. Uh, It's just, you know, it's not great. But uh, so that whole season is just kind of you, you. I rewatch it just you know to honor the show and be like I want to watch all of the episodes. But I, I, it is it is I will be checking my phone more during season. But Connor, did you know while you were in India when you were first watching the series about all of this Hollywood drama, or did you you learned probably all of this later? Or no? Did you? Yeah, know I learned about later. It? I, I do remember because three season three or four was airing. The final season aired when I was already in America. And so, because I distinctly remember being at USC and then seeing an article saying that the show was ending early. Like, they didn't even finish the fourth season. Like, it didn't even get a full 22. And I just remember being like, wow, this is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, it's ending? But anyways, uh, yes, I remember reading all this, like, later once I got more into Hollywood and I was like, what is this uh, machine of Hollywood? And then I was like, oh, people can leave shows or not leave shows. I will say, just as a segue, I gave Misha Barton another chance and I watched her CW show that she did after the OC, which probably no one watched, called Mm -hmm. The Beautiful Life, TBL. It was Ashton Kutcher's life story scripted on the CW about a guy from Idaho who, like, goes to New York and gets scouted to be a model and then he's put into this, like, modeling world of New York. And Misha Barton played, like, the old, like, veteran model who, like, was had disappeared for a year and she was coming back to the scene and there was, like, a younger girl that had, like, stolen the runway show from her. And at the end of the pilot, everyone's like, where has she been? And she comes home and she, there's, like, a baby in a crib in her apartment. And you're like, oh, she went and had a baby. Anyways, that show aired for three episodes, then had to shut down because Misha Barton stopped showing up on set. Um, so <laughs> they apparently filmed five episodes, and I think they edited four and five. I don't know if they ever aired, but I watched one doing three because I was like, I got to give this a chance. But you know what? That is That speaks to the type of fan you are for the OC yeah. is that you're willing to follow and give second chance. Did you watch Gotham with Ben? I watched McKenzie? the first episode. I couldn't yeah. do it beyond that. Yeah. I couldn't do it beyond that. But yes, I, I did. And I watched the first episode of Hard to See. But you know, it's died. It's died down now. I mean, yeah, I just... Uh... Okay, so the, I have a couple. I have so many questions. Because yes. first of all, Karen, I'm not very familiar with the show. I have not even seen... Mm. I have not seen the episodes. So now I... 
am super excited to go home and start a rewatch of my own with my kids who are 12 and 10, my two girls, because I think yeah, it's like you know, for perfect. 12 and 10 in 2020, the show is probably tame. It's, yeah. You know, we can. <laughs> but, you know, that's good. fine. Yeah. That's good for them. Uh, yes. But OK, so I'm curious in India, what is some OC slang or California slang or Americanized mm. languaging that you guys learned and heard and started implementing cool. in your own high school? Oh, that's such a good question. Oh, my God. There was probably so much. I'm going to have to remember it. Oh, I remember like for myself being very influenced by the fashion. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Um, so Seth wears the, the like early two thousand fashion. Amazing. Yeah, Seth wears like a lot of penguin polos, uh, shirts, and I just remember being like, "I want those." And my parents were like, "These are so expensive. We're not buying this for you." So I, I bought the United Colors of uh, Benetton. Ben- yes, version, mm-hmm. and I would just be like, "This is the one that I'm wearing." I can't remember oh, specifically what the things were. I'll have to think about that. But I do remember we were, were very, very heavily influenced by that. Well, the iconic line from the OC, the pilot is, welcome to the OC, bitch. And I'm sure a few people said, welcome to New Delhi, bitch, which just doesn't have the same <laughs> ring to it. <laughs> I love it. I never it. went that low. My other thing with the OC was that this was really psychotic. Is For a few days, I got so obsessed when this person said that I was the Indian set Cohen that I started like assigning characters to my group of friends. <laughs> I was like, you're the Marissa. And, you know, Marissa, Misha Warden's character on the show, is a huge mess in every episode. And this girl's life was kind of a mess. And she was really offended that I <laughs> was saying that to her. So, yeah, that died down pretty quick. Do you feel like it, it gave you structure? Do you feel like <laughs> you were able to, like, putting yourself in a character and putting people in, in characters? Did yeah. you feel like it almost kind of created a little bit of a little bit of like sanity for you as a young high schooler and kind of, okay, I know my place and other people's place. Yes. I think that's very profound and true because I was just like, I, when I got into this popular group, I remember just being like, because I'd been tortured by them for like a year and a half and I just could not believe I was just waiting for the other shoe to drop. And then I was like, I don't understand why, why, (laughs) why me? Why am I here? And I just had a, I had done this, my, this was my first play I had ever done. And I didn't, it was a comedy. I didn't know that I could be funny or anything. So I was just in such shock that they were wanting to hang out with me. I didn't know what, like my, <laughs> what I was bringing to the group. So when they kept saying that, I was like, okay, great. Like, I understand why he's popular on the show. So I'll just try to like be as much like him. So I don't have to go back to being bullied. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. 
You mentioned music and I connect so much with music. Like when I'm watching, I connect in my own life. You know, if I, if I need to pet myself up or get myself in a certain place mentally, then I'll listen to certain music. And so I'm curious, how much of an impact do you think the music had on the show resonating with your group at the time it did? Yeah, that's a, it had a, I think that was a big part. And I think that was a big part, not even in our group, but why the show was popular. Because uh, prior to, this is again some Hollywood history that I studied many years later, but part of the draw of the show was before shows didn't really have like a soundtrack person, like who specifically used to like find songs and then play them to scenes that sort of made, you know, the band sort of become a big deal from it. Now it's all, it happens all the time on shows, but I guess that was like a pretty new thing where, because so many shows were just procedural, so it's weird to have like some indie band song Mm -hmm. playing. But that show, I think, really broke like a lot of these bands to the point that even in season two, the show became very meta and they ended up, one of the characters created a, basically a venue where bands played and the bands that had played on season one would play in real life on the show. Oh my gosh. It's like the real life Peach Pit from 90210. Yes, it it was a, (laughs) Later on, which I never watched 9201, I, I watched 9201 reboot because <laughs> I was like, I'm is sorry. this the OC again? And then I was like, it's what, not, what I'm this? giving up. <laughs> but it's basically that. And then they would, you know, premiere new songs on there and it was like a whole thing. But I think that was a big thing too for us as Indian kids because there's so much Indian music and that's all we listen to, which is Bollywood music, which is every genre. And it's so popular and everyone loves it so much that we were trying to be cooler than that, but we don't know where to begin. So. Can can you, let me ask you this. Can you sing the theme song? Oh, I'm such a bad singer, but I can. Just, just uh, give it a whirl. It's a lot of notes. Uh, but okay. I can say the, of course I can say the words. It's, uh, we'll sing with you. We'll we come, come with you. Yeah. Uh, we've been on the run, hiding in the sun, looking up for number one. California, California here, here we come. Right back yeah. where we started from. Such a good song. Oh my god! It is and then did when you get, but here's the thing: when you finally landed and you left LAX, did you just go out California, yes. California? Here we come! <laughs> Please say yes, even if. Well, you this is a great, another great question. So I had never been to LA. I, the first time I came was my parents came to drop me off at college, and we didn't know that USC, especially at the time. 2007 was not in a safe neighborhood so (laughs) i remember us leaving lax which is kind of disgusting it's just all freeways there's nothing really there when you get out of the airport and you're like and the sky was gray and like it wasn't great and then we showed up to like my housing and there was a car parked outside the apartment building which had like gun uh, holes, bullet holes um, all around the side. Parents are like, sweet, good like, decision. Yeah, like, what is this? <laughs> the campus of USC is stunning and fun fact, another fun fact, it was used on the show and mm. uh, it was used as Brown University. So remember back when I said that I wanted to go to Brown? In a weird, weird way, I ended up going to Brown. Because you went I to Brown. Through that quad all the time. And so they used Amazing. the exterior of that, also used in Legally Blonde as Harvard. Another classic. Yeah, I remember coming to LA and just being like, this is really scary and very different. This is another segue, but I couldn't get housing on campus, but I had to stay in USC housing. So uh, David probably knows I stayed in Century Apartments. My first apartment. What? freshman year. Freshman year or no? Freshman year. Really? Century. Did you stay with other freshmen? Yeah. Oh, so they put me with a junior transfer student. And it 
ended up being this like really crazy nightmare because he had transferred for his girlfriend. They had done long distance for two years. And they were finally like this horrible distance is over. I ended up getting into the same school as you. It's going to be great. And then she they broke lost, up like immediately. Well, she lost her mind that he was cheating on her. So she very initially just in a very friendly way, which he never was, at least in front of me, but in a very friendly way, she was like, can you give me uh, your number? I would love to be your friend. And then she would text me all like hours of the day being like, where is he? Where is he? And I was like, no, I didn't. She's like, you don't have to lie for him. And she started like going really spiraling. And then she would show up at two, three in the morning. She would try to sneak attack and see. This is Melrose I'm... Place. We've no, gone past the OC, Karen. You were <laughs> living the OC. The, your wish very, was coming true. Very basic. Uh, Rachel Bilsom's about to like knock knock on the door. Yeah. Okay. So I just remember like two, three in the morning, like her knocking and she had walked like, you know, in the middle of the night, which is not really great from exposition. You probably know this too, David. In the middle of the night to century, that's not a good walk to be doing in 2007. And she just would try to catch him and then we would be up and then they'd be fighting in the living room. So I was basically living with a married couple. None of the glamour of um, the OC right. was in right. <laughs> So many questions. <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite guest star on the show or a favorite Ooh. like guest star story arc? That's such a good question. Well, you know, the commercial and popular answers, Chris Pratt, uh-huh. who was on season four, who was very good. But yes, my favorite, favorite guest star or character is Anna, who was, I forget the actress's name. There was a love triangle between Seth, Summer, and Anna. And Anna was like the grungy, she had like short hair and she was not like the typical SoCal, like pretty girl, but she was just, she had a lot of personality and Mm -hmm. they were really good together. And he chose Summer. And then Anna, another iconic sad scene, leaves and, uh. Seth runs to the airport to say goodbye. And then she goes, confidence, Cohen. Confidence. <laughs> um, as she's going through the security How much do check. you whisper that to yourself? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sure I did. But she was a great character. She never came back. And then it was very heavily publicized that she was coming back in season four for the prom episode. Or three or one of them. And um, three probably. And uh, it was very disappointing because they didn't like really do anything with our character. But she was, I think, for a lot of fans, like a, a big one. Yeah. Okay. So it's one thing you watch the show in high school to fit in. It was, you know, there was a catalyst for, for you being introduced to the show and sticking with it and then talking about it. You've rewatched it three more times. You've watched standalone episodes. Yeah. What is it that connects you personally and keeps you coming back to the material. Yeah, like, when do you when do you go like I need to go back to that? Is it like are, are things yeah. going well in your life? <laughs> are you do you need like a like a virtual hug? Do you need a, yeah. what what is it that like makes you press play well, again? I'll start by saying just so people aren't worried that I think I'm done now. I think I don't need to go back anymore uh, and I think I can live off YouTube clips and I'll be fine. I once and this is another fun fact is I had to cry in a scene and I watched some YouTube clips from the OC before we had to go on camera and I was like it's working so don't judge it (laughs) (laughs) I mean like here we go so much for that college training I'm watching OC clips to get in the mood but um whatever works the last yeah so I watched it four times total first time was obviously you know the OG watch you got to do it the second time was I was when I was in college I was trying to lose my Indian accent and which was a big thing if I wanted to get cast in the plays and stuff. And I had no idea what to do. So I was like, I'll just watch the show and then repeat the lines. And so that was that one. <laughs> that whole time I would just like mouth the words to myself. 
And then the third and fourth time, I watched it with friends who had never seen the show. And I insisted that we watch. And, you know, each one was months long because, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. down to do it as much as you want, but I have to start convincing people. And let me tell you, season three, it's really hard to keep getting the motivation to keep going through because it is rough. But yeah, I think uh, I, I can't imagine myself going from start to finish anymore. What about if not, and I don't know about your personal life, but what if you have a new partner who has not been exposed? Is that something you introduce them to well, as a litmus test? I think if it's someone that I care about, then I need to let it go because it's not going to end well. No, I'm good. I I think I'm good. I think I'm all good. I have with my partner now, I have shown him clips and he's been instantly very bored and upset (laughs) and thinks it's he's a writer and he just thinks it's the worst writing, which I just remember back then being like, the lines are so good because I would quote like Confidence Cohen and all these lines and and. If you're going to watch anything from the show, too, you should watch Sandy Cohen's, Peter Gallagher's monologue from the first, from the pilot, which he uh, gives to uh, Ben McKenzie's character when he's trying to bail him out. And uh, I just remember thinking, like, what amazing writing. But if you (laughs) listen to it or (laughs) hear it now, you're a little bit like, ooh, it's not the best. But But he's uh, so good. He he sold it. He's so good. Oh, my God. He's so good. Him putting cream cheese on a bagel, I mean, that is just... If that didn't sell bagels back in the day, I don't know what would. (laughs) Um, Yeah, he's so good. What an iconic uh, character and person. Have you gotten to meet any of them other than Ben McKenzie? I feel like there's there's always this thing, especially if you live in L.A., you just... You just sort of yeah. go towards them and they come well, to you, characters from your favorite show. Well, what's really crazy, well, very funny you say that, but I had the chance to go to a game night with Rachel Bilson and I yes. had a panic attack and said no because this was, again, very early. This was 2011 and my friend had just done a movie with her and she was like, I'm having a game night and here's who's going to the thing. And I was like, I <laughs> And then I was like, I can't go. And then she was like, she could, didn't understand what I was talking about. She'd never seen the OC and she was like, oh, what's the big deal? And so then anyways, I showed up because she was like, oh, she's probably not going to come. She's probably going to flake. And then she walked through the door and I left <laughs> <laughs> because I just could not stop staring at her. And it just, I was like this, I'm just, I think I had evolved enough from the Ben McKenzie experience to be like, this is very embarrassing. Like I don't want to embarrass myself in front of this friend of mine who I just worked on a movie with my second movie ever and had invited me to her house. I was like, I I just feel like I'm not at that level yet too. Um, (laughs) So, so, okay. Two things, uh, two things to wrap it up because this is all amazing. And like I said, I am so happy you've shared your passion with us because I'm super excited to go watch the show. I am. I really am. Yeah. Listen, the first two seasons are a treat. They really are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just I'm I'm excited because you're you're infectious with your excitement. Shocked it was scale, only four seasons. It's only four, and um, and the third is really bad. But the fourth, like I said, is is good too. And the fourth, I think, is just sixteen episodes or something. But Misha Barton left, and the ratings plummeted, and the show was gone. The first season is twenty seven episodes. Wow. <laughs> That's like old school TV. There. Yeah. Uh, my last question for you, Karen, is. When was it discovered to you that it wasn't the OC, that it was just Orange County? Great question. On a plane. On a plane to some, I think to California, someone was sitting in front of me and 
they were like just chatting. They were like strangers. And they're like, where are you from? And she's like, Orange County. And she's like, oh, like the show. Ha, ha, ha. And she's like, we hate the show. <laughs> it was like a local person who was like, we hate the show. She's like, you know, it's like not the OC. It's OC. And I just remember being like, what? Um, <laughs> but it was a very clear moment where I was like, and then, you know, I was like, yeah, that's it. I would go with the too. It's just better. Yes. But thank you so much. You've been such a pleasure to have on the show. Of course. We are really, really grateful. And like I said, we're going to, we're going to be watching the OC. Good. Not OC, the OC. Good. Thank you, Karin. <laughs> thank you. Confidence, David. Confidence. Yes. <laughs> Well, that was really nice. <laughs> what a what a nice guy. Like, and what an interesting story. I mean, from for me growing up in the United States and obviously, you know, Ohio to New York to California, I have a rich life, but not as diverse as coming from India. And and what a what an interesting piece of his life the OC has been, you know? I mean, it's really more than just a fandom. Oh, it's, it's like a life compass. It was a catalyst for him. It was. A, it was. It was. It, would, it gave him identity. And I love that he reminded me about Chris Mika. I think that was oh. a really nice thing. <sighs> okay. So as someone who has not seen the show, I was, I'm really interested in Chris Mika and I, I can totally appreciate what he was saying about how the episode started out like everything was wrong and then it went right. You know what? It reminded me of another holiday from another very famous show. Festivus for oh, the rest of yes. us, <laughs> which is like to this day, my favorite made up television holiday ever. Yeah. Claire, you were on a teen drama, as we'll call it the title by it is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. What was it like as someone who myself has not been on like a proper teen drama? I did Veronica Mars, but it's it's it, this is a this was real like. There was drama. There was tension. It had the OC-ishness. Did you like the show as much as people like Karin like the show and all these people at Comic-Cons and audience members who just like just are on fan boards and stuff? Or are you just like it's just a gig? No. I mean the thing about Buffy is it has had the most – you know, as an actor you do a million different projects. But that show has had the most longevity Certainly. And the most loyal, loyal fans. And people do what Karen has done with the OC, which is go in and do rewatch after rewatch after rewatch. They introduce it to their, you know, kids. They introduce it to their partners. They introduce it to their friends. And so for me, when we were actually filming the show, I don't think any of us realized the impact or the the longevity that the fandom was going to have. And it was cool to be on a show like that because it was kind of like the darker version of all the popular shows. A little bit after 90210 and Melrose Place. And there really hadn't been like this dark female-led show that really talked about the underbelly of high school, you know? which is what Buffy did. And, and of course, Joss would always say that the vampires and Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the vampires are, are you know, symbols of, of your own problems as a teen, you know? And so the sci-fi backdrop allowed us to tell these fantastical stories, but it really was a very human show. It in was, a way. You guys were the Avril Lavigne to the Britney Spears of, right. oh, of absolutely. We were even, yeah, we were, we were all, yes, we certainly were. So 
it was it it's a wonderful time in my life and definitely Buffy has been way way more than just a gig and I I guarantee you if you asked anyone who was in the cast of the OC they would say the same thing just the impact and to be on a show that has that sort of fandom as well as acclaim is sort of a once in a lifetime thing. Yeah. That's awesome to hear. I feel like a Rachel Bilson and then Adam Brody are probably looking back on that now, especially in the time of the rewatching and, you know, streaming and going, I kind of appreciate my time there. I think an actor wants to like move on and get out of a series. And I think there's something to be said for like, you know what? It's nice to have a hit single or two well, and it's going to go back. Is, yeah, no, absolutely. And the other thing is when you're on a teen show as a young, as playing a teen, as a young actor, you are fearless. You have not become this jaded, you know, how do I experience this emotion and how do I portray this emotion? You're just throwing your whole hormone filled body up against the camera, you know, and you don't have that fear of getting fired or fear of like the repercussions of what if I don't perform well, you're, you're so young and you, you still have Freudian's like personal fable at the forefront of your mind. So it's a really, it's a great time to be on camera as well, because you know, you're just fearless as an artist. I love that. Ah, I'm inspired. Now I want pigtails. (laughs) Thank you all for listening today. Thanks for tuning in guys. Guys, we all need a hero. That's why we're bringing in James Kyson from the original Heroes on NBC. Yes, Ando himself, who's going to be with us next Thursday to talk about Michael Jordan videos. Yes, he loves Michael Jordan. We're not going to talk about that. He was in Lovecraft Country or Preacher, even the movie yesterday on Netflix right now. No siree. We're going to talk about Swish Jump, Bam, Michael Jordan videos, wherever you can find them. And you can find us next Thursday right here. Thank you for listening to Fanatics, a Roddenberry podcast. We'd love to hear your fanatic thoughts and stories via social media on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. At Fanatics Pod. Yes, that's F-A-N-A-D-D-I-C-T-S Pod. Our show is hosted by Claire Kramer and David Magadoff. You can find us at Claire Kramer and at David Magadoff. Produced by Claire Kramer, Trevor Roth, and Colin Baker. Our sound engineer and editor is Elizabeth Windham. And you can thank Stephen Mudd for our theme song. Catch us next week for another Fanatics podcast. Boy, that's a lot. He started in New Delhi, went to Orange County, it's the ND. To the OC. Can you believe it was only four seasons? I know. Are you tired of dating assholes? Do you want a Prince Charming? If so, we're filming a reality show. Sign up here. Twelve American women are flown over to the UK for a Bachelor-style reality dating show. There are so many questions about a show like this, because it's so odd. These women have been told that they were going to be dating the world's most eligible bachelor, Prince Harry. What? Y'all playing with me, right? You can binge The Bachelor of Buckingham Palace exclusively on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts or the Wondery app.